This is the new stand, episode 58. We're recording this on Wednesday, May 4th, 2016. I'm Ryan Gallagher, and joining me tonight, the boys from the Criterion Close Up, Aaron and Mark. Hey, guys. Hey, Ryan. Thanks for having us back. Or actually, it's the first time we're both on together, I think, isn't it? I, it might be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for uh, for staying up late on a Wednesday night to, <laughs> to hang out and talk. Absolutely. Glad to be here. So uh, we are we are kind of in a, a mid-cycle of uh, Criterion news, although there is a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, we're not here to talk about new releases, uh, but we are here to talk about some very important Criterion news that was uh, revealed over the past couple of weeks. So um, tonight we'll be discussing... Uh, among other things, the recent Filmstruck announcement. I feel like I've already, I've already been talking about this on <laughs> Off the Shelf for a couple of weeks now since we recorded uh, after it was announced last week. Um, but I haven't really had a chance, apart from you know chatting online uh, with you guys, to talk about what this means. So I guess I'll just briefly introduce what Filmstruck is for the listeners in case you haven't heard and maybe you've been living in Iraq or maybe you just haven't been on the internet for the last week. So last week, the folks at TCM and the Criterion Collection unveiled Filmstruck, which is a new streaming service, which will be launching sometime this fall. It will be a kind of over-the-top model where there you'll, you'll pay for a subscription to Filmstruck and Criterion will uh, be moving all of their streaming um, you know, options or their um, this will be the new exclusive home for Criterion Collection's streaming library. What that means is they'll be leaving Hulu and moving over to this new thing. We know uh, a number of details as far as like roughly what the kind of structure of it will be in that you'll subscribe to Filmstruck and then you will um, get a number of movies, you know, on a weekly basis or, you know, I guess on a daily basis as far as like from Criterion, you'll have like a selection of films uh, there will also be kind of a second tier of Criterion level, you know, subscription where you can pay to get the Criterion Collection channel, which will give you access to all of their uh, films. There are also going to be a number of other distributors involved, including Kino and Zeitgeist and um, Icarus and I think uh, a handful Flickr of Flickr Alley. Flickr Alley, yeah, that's another great one. Um, so... Uh, this is kind of huge, obviously, like in that we've been living in a world where Criterion has had an exclusive arrangement with Hulu for the past five or six years now. And to have them move over to something new is just, it's fascinating to have kind of witnessed this uh, take place last week. So, um, it's kind of a big deal. Yeah, it's kind of a big deal. So Aaron, having had now a week to digest this news, and kind of learn a little bit more as you know filmstruck has answered a number of questions on social media and whatnot um what what do you think of this news i guess maybe how was your what was your initial reaction and then how maybe has that changed over the last week um well it's uh, well as far as over the last week i'm just a week closer to november so i i just <laughs> i just can't wait to get it um and uh, I, of course, it was kind of a bombshell, I think, for all of us. Uh, you know, we kind of become used to Hulu and you know, it's been there. It's been seven ninety nine. It's been convenient. And uh, but of course, it hasn't really uh, criterion, you know, updates it very slowly. You know, it seems like we get a bunch of titles at a time and sometimes they can be three, six months apart. I, actually, I can't remember when the last big update was. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it's a a big deal for Criterion, a big deal for streaming media. Um, in in the past week, I don't think a whole lot of new information has come out. I know that I've been watching the Twitter account, and it's been doing a lot of retweeting of of film uh, images, the movie tweets. And uh, I, I've seen some comments about the international. I, I think some people wanted to come to Canada, and it seems like that might possibly happen. And uh, yeah, I think we're we're all waiting to find out I, the price. I think uh, how maybe how the base channel will work. I, I was thinking maybe kind of like a Fandor, where Criterion will curate a handful of uh, themed topics or themed films. So yeah, I think we're we're all waiting um, eagerly. At least I'm waiting uh, very eagerly. And Mark, what about you? What what have you thought of this news so far? 
Yeah, I think it's, I mean, it sounds great. Uh, I mean, for me, I, I'm always excited for people to have the opportunity to for choices, right? And so uh, I cut the cord a few years ago. I don't have cable or satellite. And so having another opportunity uh, and, you know, for additional content, even beyond Hulu, because, I mean, for me, I, I truly thought of Hulu as Criterion and um, I didn't subscribe uh, for a number of months. I'm not a subscriber right now. It just kind of comes and goes as as I have time or if I'm watching, um, you know, television, you know, if the family's watching television. So I, I think it's a great option. And, uh, you know, like Aaron said, just curious to see what the pricing is going to be, because it does sound like there's going to be a couple of tiers. And, you know, what are the um, the streaming options going to be as far as, uh, you know, assuming, of course, you can stream it on your laptop, desktop, phone, there'll be an app, but, you know, what uh, kind of, you know, smart TVs and Roku and Apple TV and all those options. I mean, assuming it's going to be there, but uh, maybe it will be like, if I remember when Fandor rolled out, uh, it was limited at first. It didn't have uh, any of the apps. It was just um, streaming, I think, on the um, like iPad, iPhone, maybe first. And, you know, of course, your laptop, but it wasn't on the Roku for a while. So curious to see, you know, what happens with that. But yeah, I, I'm definitely going to, uh, you know, sign up and, and check it out. I, I do have limited watching time. So I, I actually spent a lot of my time watching, you know, the physical discs that I have. So I'm not sure, you know, if I'll end up sticking with it, but I have a feeling it's going to be great and I just won't be able to, uh, to help <laughs> myself. So it's, uh, yeah, it's nice of them to put this out there and really drum up some excitement. Do you guys have any, um, like a wish list of features that you'd like to see them add as far as like, I don't know, like searching capabilities or anything mm. like, you know, one of the, my favorite things about Fandor is the way that they categorize stuff and the way that you can kind of search for movies based on a number of factors that things like Netflix don't let you search for, you know, like running time or um, I don't know, like, and then they have all kinds of fun little sub genres that they categorize stuff into that, um, make things a little bit easier to kind of if you're just browsing it makes it a little bit easier to find you know what type of movie you're looking for based on like the you know they're they don't have a giant library with fandor but they have a pretty good library of you know of the types of movies that are going to probably most likely be on uh filmstruck like you know art house foreign kind of genre stuff um and i would love to see them kind of i don't want to see them like you know, copy Fandor and in a sense kind of like make them obsolete, um, which, mm -hmm. you know, which might happen because because of Criterion moving over there. But, uh, you know, Fandor does have a really great system, I think, set up for searching and, and whatnot. I think Hulu search is OK. Uh, actually, I think the search is OK. You can there's some search fields you can put like by year or um, by, you know, of course, director, that sort of thing. But the I think the, the navigation is kind of lacking. So I, I, I think I would like, uh, of course, in the actual Criterion channel, uh, some sort of a, a improved navigation. And I, I think actually their website is pretty good at uh, allowing you to navigate films. So something like that, or maybe, you know, if it's if it's going to be foreign films, which there are going to be a lot of those, maybe by region, by country, uh, by well, I was say by continent, but uh, it's basically just three, um, and uh, maybe by by genre, documentary, I'm, uh, uh, and then American, really American indies, or about all that comes out. Yeah, I, I would agree with Aaron. You know, when you were talking about the website, I'd love to see it kind of set up the same way because, uh, yeah, I, I have found with uh, what I've used of Hulu that it is difficult, uh, more difficult than some, and certainly more than Netflix to really find, you know, kind of what I'm looking for, which oftentimes would be by director. Maybe I want to, you know, look by a, sh a certain genre or actor. And so having it uh, kind of set up the same way where they have uh, pages. Uh, for the people that are in the collection uh, would be really great. I don't know if they'll be able to, to do that, you know, kind of early on, but uh, maybe. And uh, also, you know, I, I know there's some supplements on, on Hulu, but, you know, having a an easy way to look at the supplements, whether they're tied to the film itself or if there, there's even like a supplements page or, um, you know, maybe there's a, 
you know, a, a commentary page. So you can just, you know, pick, uh, pick commentaries for, you know, Japanese films or something like that. I would just love to be able to really dive into it, but that sounds like a lot of uh, programming and work that they would have to do. And maybe that would kind of come down, you know, further down the line. Yeah, that is, I mean, that is high on my wish list. also is the idea of getting um, supplements and then have them kind of easily discoverable because like you said, they're, so hard you have to kind of know exactly what the title is of the supplement if you want to find it in in a lot of cases you know if there are supplements on there they're not separated or easy to find um, sometimes they're connected to the film itself but you know sometimes they're not or it's not always clear like which films you know have supplements there's no like little you know button or anything saying like oh you can dig even deeper on this one <clears throat> Um, and Hulu is kind of a it's it's really a TV service with yeah. some movies and the Criterion yeah. channel doesn't really stand apart. So I, I think they have a lot of flexibility with their own dedicated channel and also the other labels, too. You know, I, Flickr Alley could do something like this. Uh, Kino, of course, has a huge library. So, uh, uh, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of a lot of room. I think anything will be an improvement over Hulu. Yeah. Except for maybe the price. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a, that's yeah. that's definitely the thing. I mean, like you just mentioned, all these other film studios, um, you know, possibly getting their own channels um, leads to kind of the one of my fears with this whole thing is that, you know, the price uh, or, you know, your monthly bill could start to uh, really ratchet up when you you know, start to subscribe to all of the different exclusive channels. I mean, they seem to be like saying, well, Criterion is going to be pretty much the only one to start off with. It's kind of mm -hmm. my impression. But, um, you know, I'd, I'd imagine that a lot of the studio or, you know, the the companies who are going to be partnering up with with TCM and Filmstruck are going to want their own, you know, they'll want to make some money off of this, too. And maybe that having that exclusive channel for, you know, for themselves and, you, you know, if if they have a large enough uh, audience. I mean, I'd imagine that like, you know, Kino is probably the next company that is like big enough to warrant having its own uh, exclusive channel that people would be interested in subscribing to. Yeah. And then uh, is, are the prices going to scale? You know, I, I think Criterion yeah. will probably be the premium price and who knows? Uh, actually, I think seven ninety nine for that many films is pretty reasonable. Uh, it, it could be that for just the Criterion channel. Uh, but then, you know, say something like Flickr Alley, which I think has a decent library, but it's smaller. You know, is that going to be three ninety nine, or You know, who knows? Do you have like a price limit uh, or like a price ceiling, I guess, as far as how high you're willing to go to subscribe to, you know, uh, Filmstruck before it becomes kind of unreasonable to spend <laughs> each month? <laughs> Yeah, I think like Mark, I, I it depends. Uh, you know, seven ninety nine, I think would be where I'd probably keep it. And and you've mentioned before on I think on uh, off the shelf that sometimes you just leave it and sometimes you won't watch anything for a month. But it, you know, anything over over that, I would probably be more conscious of my watching habits. And uh, you know, I might drop it drop it for a month and then maybe um, and and maybe try out another channel. Maybe try out Flick Rally for that month. Um, so, yeah, I think probably the seven to ten dollar range is my my limit. What about you? Um, I would agree. I think like you know, as long as the base price is you know maybe ten dollars a month, and then I'd be willing to spend another. I don't know, like spending another up to ten dollars for the Criterion Channel with like so that would be like a twenty dollar a month um, subscription. I mean, that would definitely make me. I would probably have to, you know, cancel Hulu and depending on how much we watch Netflix at that point, you know, maybe consider dropping Netflix, but that would like, that might anger some of the family members here in, in this house. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I'd have to decide, I mean, Hulu has a pretty good, uh, you know, selection of kids programming, but mm -hmm. I would, yeah, I don't know if I could justify having like Hulu, Amazon, Netflix, and uh and fandor and uh i guess fandor would probably have to go unfortunately i'm sorry fandor i love you uh but <laughs> yeah, no. but uh, fandor. yeah um but and then having filmstruck like i mean as it is i'm already spending what like 40 dollars a month i guess on all these streaming services that i currently have so if mm -hmm. i i don't think i could do much more than that i'd probably have to yeah. you know 
gets to be a cable bill, you know, it, it really you, does. Uh, you just yeah, add those. It it, it's like adding channels, you yeah. know, really. But, uh, yeah, but you, you have to keep your family happy too. You know, and I, <laughs> I, I don't know about you guys, but uh, there's not a ton of content I know on Filmstruck that I'll be able to, um, <laughs> get past them. <laughs> a lot of it will be for me. So there'll be a few, but you know, I could certainly uh, see doing, I was thinking about this, you know, like Aaron was saying where I might, if there is a separate channel, say for like Flickr Alley or, you know, mile, milestone films or something where I'd, you know, subscribe to that for a month and kind of binge and then, you know, go off for a month or you know, even do it for a couple months or something, you know, it's, it'd just be really interesting to see how that is uh, going to be set up. And I, I'm curious too, if they're going to do, um, anything similar to movie where, uh, because I, I know, uh, Peter Becker had mentioned the, um, in the, the, uh, story on the criterion site, how they were, uh, going to maybe have some streaming premieres. And I just wonder if they'd have something like they had, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's latest film mm, on yeah. uh, movie, um, you know, as a, uh, as an exclusive. So I'm just, you know, I'd be curious to see if they would do something like that. Yeah, they did maybe something stuff. Well, Sorry, go ahead, Ryan. well, they did something similar just recently with that iTunes um, Heart of a Dog uh, movie, but yeah, I mean that's that's yeah. I guess that's a little different in that it's like a rental, but it's still kind of like an exclusive, you know, uh, digital premiere. That's right. And that was exactly that. what I was going to say. So good job, Ryan. <laughs> We're on the same yeah. wavelength. Yeah. But, um, uh, have Have any of the streaming services? I feel like the answer is probably obviously no but have any of the streaming services attempted to do any kind of commentary version of, of films where you can watch the, the commentary uh, you know or watch the film with a commentary track on it um i don't i, I don't think there is but I, maybe you guys I don't know i think so yeah i haven't seen any and i i like the idea i think one thing that in the press release that they were clear is they they were, were not getting out of the disc um business and and I, I guess why should they? They're they're doing quite well. So you do wonder, like say a, a stack disc, like a, like say the Road Trilogy is going to have a lot of features. You know, I could see them porting over a couple interviews, maybe maybe one of the commentaries, but I couldn't see them, uh, you know, I guess talking people out of you know buying the discs just for the service. Um, of course, if it's twenty dollars a month, that might be different. Right. Yeah. Yeah, maybe more of a teaser, you know, so you, you get some of the supplements, but if you want, you know, all of them, you, you know, you've got to buy the the package. So, yeah, it's interesting. Like the the Netflix or the Redbox discs, the rental discs, they have maybe yeah. a little bit, but you have to buy the disc to get uh, the deleted scenes and all that. So, yeah, we'll be curious where they go. And, and this could be a big a big kind of watershed move, a move moment for them as they really dip their toes into streaming media. I, I think iTunes and Hulu are just kind of, you know, they're still pretty far removed from it. Um, so this could be more of an investment. Is there a platform for either of you that you want this to come to, like that it's a kind of deal breaker where it, it needs to be on, you know, the Roku or it needs to be on the PlayStation or it needs to be on the Apple TV. Like, is there one of those that you were like, if it's not on this, I'm not going to subscribe. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I'll, I'll try it out either way. Cause I'll, I'll find a way to, uh, to stream it, but we are, uh, we're a Roku house right now without having cable or satellite. So I really hope it, it goes there. And I do have a PS three. So in one room, so I could uh, go that way too. But um, I, I really don't want to have to. I mean, the only the, the other option would be to take my my laptop and connect it to the TV, uh, play it that way via HDMI. But you know, I'd rather not have to do that. Yeah, and in, in case you guys didn't know, I'm a film geek, so I have all three: <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> iOS, Roku, uh, and Amazon too. I, I either one of those. But I, I think eventually they'll. I, I think probably iOS will be the first priority, and maybe then maybe Roku, and then uh, you know maybe all the others. Have you guys seen any in like maybe, you know, forum discussions on Blu-ray.com or on the Criterion Forum or anywhere else, like uh, any kind of recurring fears amongst the people discussing this stuff like out there in, in the in the wild? Like are people, you know, for the most part excited? I, I feel like I'm in such a bubble as far as Criterion stuff goes, like, you know, amongst us here on the website and on the podcast and then kind of like the, the people I follow on Twitter, like. It seems like everyone is very excited about this. Is anyone out there that you've seen, like, you know, scared about this? Or are they? Is anyone sad about them leaving Hulu or anything like that? 
Uh, complaining on a message forum. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a little bit, uh, but but I, I think mostly it's positive. But I, I think I think a lot of people are complaining, or or not, maybe complaining is not the right word, but more fearful of what they don't know, and uh, you know they're just kind of. You know, we just have a template of what's coming, and they're kind of piecing it together. Uh, although I think the international stuff is is something that people are, people are bothered by. People seem to want it in Canada and elsewhere. Oh, it, yeah, is, that's that's what I was thinking. Is Hulu available uh, internationally right now with the Criterion options? Like, if you live in the UK, and can you get Hulu with Criterion stuff? I'm pretty sure not, not the sure. UK. Maybe okay. Canada. Maybe Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Netflix. Um, I'll be in Canada. Canada. I know Hulu's in Canada, so I might have to try it when I'm there in August. <laughs> I'm sure some some listener will try it before then. Yeah, yeah, It'd be a nice option. You know, that's the the main thing I've seen too. Like Aaron said, is the international side. You know, with uh, Amazon UK or uh, Criterion UK being available now, um, but you know, for a lot of countries, it's still being expensive to import. You know, having this uh, option for getting these films, I mean, would just be huge for uh, international audiences. So, yeah, I, I hope it I hope it can happen. I, I can't imagine, um, you know, it, it not happening at some point. I mean, it just seems like this is the these are the types of films that would cater to um, international audiences. So, yeah. The <clears throat> the Criterion films are going to be up on Hulu through November, at which point they will move over exclusively to um, to Filmstruck. Um, it's not exactly clear yet if that means Filmstruck itself will launch in November. Um, I think November was what they mentioned in Criterion's post, but all the Filmstruck stuff kind of mentions fall as being the release. Mm-hmm. So it'll be curious to see like you know how this transition works as far as like you know, Criterion turning off the faucet on Hulu and turning it on Filmstruck, or if it, if there will be kind of an overlap period when when they're on both. Or worse, a, a gap. A gap will make people mad. <laughs> oh, yeah, a gap would make yeah. people... Like if, uh, yeah, like if they, you know, ended in November, but then Filmstruck didn't start until, you know, if there was a delay and it didn't start until, like, December, that would be... Uh, people might... Pitchforks. Yes. There's going to be outcry. <laughs> I mean, it'll also be interesting to see if Criterion kind of just stops uploading new movies to Hulu at this point. Like, they'll just keep the library as it stands and, you know wait until Filmstruck launches to kind of save some of the, you know, the titles that maybe they were thinking about putting up on Hulu at some point. They'll just say, well, let's just wait until November and put them up on Filmstruck and it'll be a big surprise to everyone. I'd say a good possibility of that. Yeah. And by the way, I I, I, I checked uh, Canada and it looks like it's not, Hulu's not in Canada, but there's a, a way to hack it, I guess, to um, to get it in Canada on, on devices. So I just see YouTube videos and that sort of thing. So... Well, um, it will be very interesting to watch this kind of unfold over the next few months and see what else gets revealed, figure out when, when the a price level is uh, officially announced, and hopefully they're working hard at you know making this service awesome. One thing I really want them to do is uh, have some kind of RSS feed, because I still use RSS mm-hmm. feeds, mm-hmm. and uh, it would be nice if they had like, you know, a feed for things that are just, you know, just added to the collection. Um, that was always helpful with uh hulu used to have an rss feed a long time ago and then they deprecated everything and it's just uh it was very very sad and now and now it's like you know almost impossible you have to just keep checking the website whenever you want to see what what has been added which just makes it totally you know frustrating um fandor is really good or at least they they have rss feeds set up their rss feeds don't work uh as they should i think at least like you know some new titles get added to their rss feeds and not everything so i hope that uh Filmstruck will, you know, keep the uh, internet nerds happy, uh, <laughs> meaning me, and uh, and uh, have some kind of RSS feed option for for stuff just to keep track of what's what's going up there. And I think third party websites can use that, uh, you know, if they want to um, boost the navigation. Yeah, and I think this will be popular too. So hopefully uh, you'll see a lot of attention. And I think with TCM and Warner's uh, or Time Warner behind it, uh, they they could make a big push and uh, and get uh, Criterion and, and these other labels a little more exposure. Before we move on, one last thing. Do you guys think, or I don't, maybe they're, they've already said something to this effect. I just It just popped in my head right now. But do you think there will be any kind of um, 
social platform where people can go in and create profiles and, and review movies and, you know, comment on stuff and maybe curate lists the way maybe, you know, have some kind of, I'm thinking of like, you know, letterbox, like letterbox. Uh, yeah. yeah. Would, mm. uh, I mean, that would be, that would be pretty fun to have kind of that like letterbox integration with Filmstruck or if, if they could even work out some kind of deal with letterbox, like that would be even better where you could kind of like, you know, um, bring in lists or whatever. Um, or, you know, curate your own little film festivals and whatnot on, on Filmstruck. That would be fun. But um, would you want to see any kind of like social integration with this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, yes. would, that would be great. <laughs> In fact, I, you just sold me on Letterboxd. I hope I hope they're listening. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that would yeah. be awesome. And, and, and putting together playlists, uh, you know, using the list feature or even even something like the comments on the Criterion website. And the Criterion website isn't perfect, but uh, I, I do like sometimes looking at comments for each film. So, um, so yeah, hopefully they'll, they'll integrate some of that. Yeah, they're almost like short reviews. You know, it, mm -hmm. the, and I, I know uh, Peter uh, Becker did mention about having like guest curators and uh, folks to kind of highlight um, discoveries and maybe I was kind of picturing like, um, you know, they would you would have the initial uh, run, you know, if you subscribe to Filmstruck might be like, you know, like Hulu light with a, you know, kind of a slight rotating uh, selection. And then, you know, with the Criterion channel, you'd have um, access to everything, you know, the 1,100 films. And there, you know, if you subscribe to that, maybe you'd get um, the, like, the top 10 lists um, from Quentin Tarantino offers his top 10 films, uh, Criterion films, and those are available um, through the channel. Or maybe they make those available through the, the main uh, Filmstruck feed or something like that for the month, kind of like they've done with, uh, you know, other themes. So I'd be curious to see, you know, maybe they'll do something like that. That could be fun. Uh, you have a, a menu of celebrities and uh, and we can see Brett Easton Ellis's top 10 list and just binge them if we want. Yeah. Alphabetically. <laughs> So let's uh, talk a little bit about the latest wacky email newsletter drawing. This went up um, last week at the end of April. And uh, we got a, ni a nice little drawing of a couple on a uh, on a bench or not on, on, on a couple chairs. So there's some cats around them. There's some uh, polka dotted uh, furniture, some stacks <laughs> of magazines. Uh, seems like maybe... They're a couple of uh, cat people, you know, they, they, they like cats. <laughs> they do like cats. <laughs> so uh, way back in the Laserdisc days, Criterion released the uh, Val Luton film, uh, the Val Luton produced film Cat People. And it uh, seems like seems like it fits the drawing. Uh, there is a uh, a lot of discussion now surrounding, you know, is this there's multiple clues in one drawing because there's so much going on in here. I mean, there's two different people. There's three cats that are four cats that you can see. Um, there's another cat tail kind of poking out from one of the mm -hmm. chairs that maybe is another oh, cat, a black uh, cat, yeah, uh, maybe a black cat. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Brian and I were, uh, we're just talking about this last night on off the shelf and, um, we can talk about it again here. There is the, um, the Warner brothers put out a DVD box set, um, you know, about, 10, 15 years ago, um, collecting nine of these Val Luton films. And um, it seems like a lot of people are hoping that this means this is, you know, that that, that it is in fact a, a multi-clue and has, mm -hmm. uh, you know, all of these films kind of hidden within it. Um, I, do either of you want to break down what the other hints might be in this drawing? Well, I, I do see in the in the lamp, I think they mentioned this on the Criterion forum, it looks like Charlie Brown's, the design on Charlie Brown's uh, shirt. So I guess we're getting the Peanuts movie. <laughs> <laughs> they had a little fun with it on the forum. I, I think they, they said bedlam is, you know, you just take off the P and there's a bed lamp. Uh, oh, yeah. And, and then the, the leopard man. And I, that one, I, I guess, is is reasonable. Um, I. I don't. They don't look like they're cursed. So, you know, I, I would think that the the two that would pair the best are Curse of the Cat People and Cat People, which are are both excellent films. And I I think really, you, you might think of them as genre films, but they would really uh, fit well in the collection. I'd love to see that, like a like a kind of a Snowblood type of box set. You know, little two disc box set. Uh, but yeah, I I don't know. I I think this might just be Cat People. 
I think so too. <clears throat> yeah, I'm with you. It's I, I it, it's just hard to read much of anything else, even you know with all the ideas that folks had, like you know, 101 Dalmatians. <laughs> like <laughs> Cruella Deville has uh, you know foregone the the um, uh, the dogs and the Dalmatians and gone with cats. I mean, I just it's hard to read anything else uh, into it. Even I was I was just counting the number of books or magazines in the the stand there to see if maybe there was nine films like the box set but there's there's not so <laughs> it's my favorite one was someone had mentioned i think on twitter or on the on the forum like that there are six people and they're waiting for their seventh victim and that's that's what yeah. the seventh victim is i mean that's that's a that's a stretch but you know i guess it works if you if you can like twist uh you can twist this into anything really and there's also uh because they're sitting down they're zombie like so uh <laughs> I, yeah it, it, it's a big reach <laughs> um, some some other people said maybe uh, Costa Rica's double uh, double clue for uh, is it black white black cat white cat mm, I, yeah. I, I could have that name wrong um, which of course is very very different than Val from Val Luton and uh, and Jacques uh, Tournier Tournier how do you say that I, I think I've heard I think I heard Scott once say Tournier but uh, I I hadn't pronounced it until you know then and I'm I'm gonna go with that. That's a tough one. <laughs> uh, and he also did Out of the Past, too. I, but I think the biggest thing with this, I, I think we've it's been rumored Cat People was, was coming, but it's more Warners. And my first thought is maybe this means um, Magnificent Ampersons is coming some, or could come someday because uh, that's another kind of Warner sacred cow. Um, it just seems like we're getting them, a lot of them. Did either of you uh, import that Japanese Blu-ray of Magnificent Ampersons? No, I have the uh, I've got the DVD that came with the Amazon Blu-ray of Citizen Kane, so I haven't reached out to it. No, uh, and I, I watched the old the the studio hatchet version. So yeah, mm. uh, that Blu-ray I don't think is supposed to be very good, and I think there's a, a several Japanese Blu-rays recently that or you know with uh, like RKO Blu-rays. Um, but they're not getting great reviews so far. So I would maybe if listeners, if you're like, oh, I should go maybe order this this Japanese Blu-ray of Magnificent Ambers, I maybe just wait. Yeah. I, in fact, I just pulled one up. It says gets low marks. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think Criterion with Ambersons, there's such a big story behind really the the, the studio's handling of it that I, I think they even if they they'll never get the actual f footage. But I think they could maybe tell a story, maybe kind of like they did with the "It's a Mad, 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 Mad World," mm. um, where they have, you know, maybe they can kind of reconstruct with stills or something. Mm. Who knows? But uh, yeah, I, I would love to see that happen. Is there like a a script of Orson Welles's completed or of his intended vision of the film, like that might that people could use to reconstruct something with other materials? That I don't know. I yeah, we no. might have to ask his um, his widow um, after he finished his last film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's got to be out there, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. It seems like we're due for several, up, you know, Wells films. You know, with um, Chimes at Midnight and maybe Macbeth and um, some of the other movies that have been heavily rumored to be coming from Criterion. You know, maybe a re-release of Citizen Kane might come from Criterion again. Um, who knows? Actually, I, I, there is a, a book called a Magnificent Am the Ma Magnificent Ambersons: A Reconstruction that was 1993. So I, I'm, I'm sure that something is out there, so we know, uh, you know, roughly what is what was trimmed. Mm -hmm. Well, it'll be very interesting. I can't wait to pick up Cat People. Uh, it's definitely a movie that I've been wanting to watch. You know, and, and I don't is it available on Blu-ray anywhere right now? Do you know? Or maybe is it maybe this is one of the Japanese Blu-rays? I have I, I looked I, I didn't it looks like there's there are a lot of Val Luton sets um, I think even in the UK but I couldn't find a Blu-ray I, I could be mistaken though okay no you're probably right I think um, sometimes I just uh, I think like oh I'm about to say that there's no Blu-ray of this and then in the back of my head I'm like <laughs> I, I should have looked because as soon as I say that someone's gonna write in and say what are you talking about there's a Blu-ray right here <laughs> There, there is. Uh, well, there, there's one. I think just came out in Japan, uh, there February twenty sixth. Don't trust so, it. <laughs> I know, right? I'm just, you know, this is Blu-ray.com, and uh, so I, I don't know. There's not a lot of information on it. So oh yeah, so this is definitely this is part it. of that that RKO collection of stuff. So this is like mm -hmm. you know they did uh, the Magnificent Amberson. So this is 
you know, part of those things that they're doing the thing also. Um, so yeah, interesting. Um, or, you know, the thing from another world. Um, all right. Do you guys have any other thoughts on the drawing, um, before we move on? I mean, do we know how far apart for, are we these days from, from wacky drawings to, you know, announcements for, for actual release? I mean, uh, are we, are we all caught up? Like it's, it's, yeah, pretty it seems close. like it's pretty, you know, it's pretty quick, like quicker than it used to be, uh, especially with the newsletter drawings. Yeah. Uh, maybe not so much with, a you know, the, uh, the new year's drawing, but the last one yeah. was a touch of Zen and that one was then announced mm-hmm. the following month. Um, same thing I think with, uh, with, uh, Dr. Strangelove, I'm just looking back and then a lonely place in a lonely place. So yeah, we're all caught up except for, you know, the, the wacky, uh, new year's drawing. Looks mm-hmm. like we're all mm-hmm. caught up for, for newsletter drawing. So maybe this will be announced in, you know, a couple weeks. Yeah, they've been, they've been pretty prompt. I, I remember last year there were, there was sometimes a two month lag. I think the longest uh, was Paris belongs to us. I think it was maybe a two month lag, but yeah, usually pretty quick. All right, so uh, let's talk a little bit about um, some other news. There's the uh, so the uh, video with Peter Becker down in was he in Brazil? Um, it was Buenos Aires. Buenos Aires. Uh, so. This was put up. When did this go up on mine? I'm just looking. Oh, April 25th. So a couple weeks ago, there was uh, Peter Becker was down in South America talking um, at this oh, Buenos Aires in, International Independent Film Festival. Mm-hmm. And uh, during this talk, which you can watch on YouTube, and I'll include a link to the video. The video is mostly in Spanish, uh, or I don't know if this is Portuguese, um, but it's Spanish. It's Spanish. Okay, <laughs> um, and. Uh, but Peter Becker is speaking in English, so you can kind of skip through and hear him talk about various uh, topics. I mean, it's a lot of questions surrounding like, you know, what is the Criterion Collection and what do you guys do and mm-hmm. how do you make your decisions? Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of things that we've heard before. Um, but if you if you keep listening, there are, you know, it's always fun to hear him talk no matter what he's talking about, even if it's just like, you know, things we've already heard. It's always fun to hear him kind of like, you know, what they what he's emphasizing. They talk about, you know, uh, there's a, a pretty nice section in here where they talk about female directors and why aren't they, mm-hmm. you know, better represented in Hollywood and, you know, um, how are they represented in the Criterion Collection? And um, it's a it's, you know, a fascinating discussion, especially kind of um, there was recently that article over on Movie Mezzanine where uh she was writing about um you know uh what was it tina was writing about um you know female directors in the criterion collection why are they uh or in home video in general and you know which studios are are better than others or which distributors are better than others and um she even got a you know a nice response from peter from the criterion collection uh which they posted and um you know i think like we all kind of know you know why this happens i mean they're limited by what hollywood puts out there they're limited by so many factors like you know um distribution deals and whatnot and um they obviously care about this topic and you know they 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 -hmm. aren't brushing this off and um he talks about it uh, a lot and you know talks about a lot of the um newer female directors that they champion as well as like trying to go back and you know when they can try to dig up uh you know older films if possible yeah, I think we'll see a lot of women directors uh, in the next year or two just because of this initiative. Maybe they'll go back and find some of the pre-code uh, women directors. There's some really interesting ones that far back. So one of the other things that is discussed in this um, in this conversation is that they, <clears throat> well, they talk about, you know, the difficulties in um, working out deals with different directors and, you know, kind of springing off the idea of like, well, why don't you have films from this director in the collection? Or why don't you have this movie in the collection? And he talks about, you know, just how hard it is to work out these deals and how long it takes to work out these deals. Like, you know, how many years it took for them to get uh, a brighter summer day or how long it took for them to get the Apu trilogy. Um, And, you know, and now in this discussion, he talks about um, Criterion recently getting um, the films of Usman Semben, uh, the Senegalese director into the Criterion Collection. Um, Black Girl and uh, Boram Sarat were recently restored and uh, were released in the UK through the BFI. And then uh, last year, when it when Black Girl sh- played at 
the New York Film Festival, it was attributed to Janus Films as their as like the theatrical distributor here in the States. And so in this conversation, Peter Becker kind of reveals that they have not only those films, but, um, you know, maybe five or six other films from that director, which, you know, he says that uh, Black Girl was going to be, was coming in May. So maybe that's, um, I think he might be referring to like the theatrical run of the movie. The Janus. The the Janus, yeah. Um, So that's, you know, we we obviously don't have a home video announcement yet, uh, but maybe this is coming soon. And and Janice just put it on their website too, so I, I think that 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 and it is May fourth recording this. So, uh, have you guys seen many uh, some Ben movies? I haven't, uh, but no. there is a just I one. guess for anyone who's curious, there is a documentary that Kino just distributed recently um, about yeah. the director, which you can watch on Hulu or on uh, Netflix right now. So if anyone wants to learn more about him before this movie gets released from Criterion or, you know, before they go see it in Jan- uh, from Janice, um, I'll put a link in the notes for that. Um, but, uh, you know, that one did pretty well. He's an interesting guy. And he's also um, uh, Mark Cousins gives him a lot of attention in the story of film as well. Um, and and we don't have a whole lot of, except for maybe some of the, the world cinema project, uh, not a whole lot of African cinema. And he's really uh, the, uh, maybe one of the first African uh, directors or really uh, successful Afri- African directors. And, um, and Black Girl is really a watershed, uh, a really cl- a post-colonial work. Um, and Zala as well, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but that's um, almost kind of a scathing uh, p- portrait of post-colonialism. So yeah, very very heady stuff. He he's a very intelligent man. He was an author first uh, before he was a film director, um, and then his final film was Mulad. And I, I actually remember when that came out, it won some awards. Uh, I think maybe in Cannes, um, it won something. I forget specifically what, but yeah, I think those three especially would be good fits for the collection. Um, I'm not too familiar with his other work, uh, but I I think uh, yeah, I'd love to see him. Yeah, I wonder if uh, you know. Thinking about it, if we if we're getting nine, was it nine films um, from uh, some Bene? I wonder if it would be. You know, of course, you jump to a box set, but maybe you know this is part of the content that we'll get uh, on the uh, the you know the Filmstruck channel. Mm-hmm. You know, could be um, you know would that's yeah. coincide with the the rollout of the channel. I just wonder if there's going to be some new content that's going to be presented. You know, at the same time that that's released. Um, or if, you know, we'll get um, an Eclipse series to go with it um, with, you know, maybe a, a couple of uh, films, uh, you know, like Black Girl and uh, Mulady and um, but yeah, it's yeah. looking forward it, to seeing them. The Naruse treatment on Hulu because, uh, you know, you order the Oshima. There's lots of them, but um, but few discs. Yeah. Kenoshita also. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I, um, actually, I'd be happy to see any Eclipse series <laughs> at this yeah. point. Yes. <laughs> I know. Fingers crossed that uh, the Eclipse series will 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 reappear at some point in 2016. We don't have anything yet, but that's not to say that it's dead or anything. Mm-hmm. Although Michael Koreski uh, just recently left the Criterion Collection for uh, a new role at um, Film Comment, I believe. That's and, right. Yeah. So uh, he is, uh, for anyone who does, maybe doesn't know or doesn't recognize his name right away, he does uh, or did uh, almost all of the copywriting for the Criterion Collection's website. He would write, you know, descriptions of films. Um, and in addition to that, he also wrote uh, almost all of the essays, I think, for the Eclipse series films. And uh, I think about. maybe there are a couple of other people who have contributed writings to those uh, those little inserts with the with each film but um he really was kind of the you know uh you know, leader i guess for the eclipse series um yeah a real criterion voice for sure yeah yeah we'll miss him but uh i but we'll wish him well I mean, yeah. hopefully it's film comments is, is a good publication and I, i'll probably read it more knowing he's uh, involved i know he he I did ask him, you know, kind of off the record, like, oh, are you, is it, you're, you're leaving Criterion? He said, yes, but um, I mean, I'm sure that they will still work together, that he'll, he'll still contribute, you know, maybe essays for films. Um, but yeah, I mean, his, his primary attention will now go to film comment. Um, hopefully, uh, you know, Criterion, I'm sure, you know, Criterion has someone else, it, you know, locked in for uh, copy editing or, you know, writing up these uh, descriptions of all the films and 
um, it'll just be curious to see if you if anyone will be able to notice <laughs> uh, if like you know the the phrasings change or if anything you know like if the voice changes I guess with this with this change. Or one thing we've noted in the past is that the three related films uh, Koreski picks those, so maybe those will change a little bit. So who knows? Um, and on the if, website, if anyone hasn't listened to it, there is an episode of the Eclipse Viewer that where David and Trevor uh, interviewed Michael, and they talk a lot about you know the kind of the birth of the Eclipse series as well as you know what what goes into those various releases. Um, and I'll I'll try to remember to put a link in the show notes uh, for that interview. But you should go check that out if you're at all curious, you know, about uh, who he is and what he's uh, done for Criterion so far. Yeah, that's a really good listen. Definitely. Um, a couple of other things before we close up tonight. The uh, UK announcements have been uh, unveiled for June and July. I can't remember now if we already talked about June um, in the last episode of the newsstand, but uh, in June we're getting or the UK is getting Gilda, Here Comes Mr. Jordan, and Overlord. Mm-hmm. And, and then uh, for July, the UK is going to get Dr. Strangelove and Burroughs, the movie. So uh, all releases that we've, uh, that we'll be getting or have already gotten here in the US. And uh, they're, you know, they're being, a, you know, they're being frugal, I guess, with their, uh, what they're releasing there. They're not, you know, upping it to like, you know, five or six titles a month like they are here in the U.S. But, you know, they're picking out some good stuff for, for our U.K. friends. I'm curious if they'll, um, with Dr. Strangelove, if it will indeed, I would assume, but will be, is that the first digipack for the U.K.? I think it is. Ooh, uh, yeah. You know, if they do, you know, if it is a digipack uh, in the U.K. or if they'll change the packaging, because I've noticed, you know, on the front, they've got the, you know, the uh, the rating stickers they have for the U.K. releases. So I'm assuming it'll be the same, but we'll see. Yeah, we uh, yeah. well, real quick, they um, was it on Blu-ray.com or one of the forums where someone found the 3D image of the Dr. Strangelove and we, we found that it was going to be a digipack? Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, it was Blu-ray. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, while we're talking about the Criterion UK announcements, I just wanted to quickly I'm trying to scroll quickly scroll back through the Criterion Completion uh Facebook group because I I shared a link on there <laughs> for this interview with Jonathan Terrell, um, where he talks where he's interviewed by um one of the UK film websites and uh they talk a little bit about um, you know, you know, they go through a lot of the same questions that usually are asked of, of anyone from Criterion, like, oh, why does the Criterion do uh, pick these movies? And, you know, what are they, uh, you know, like what goes into, you know, choosing them and everything? Oh, here we go. So uh, this is from Home Cinema Choice, uh, their website. And there are some actually some good uh, answers in here for questions regarding like um, some of the like lingering questions I think that we've had for um, the Criterion UK project as uh, as it is, you know, are they going to release everything in the UK that they're releasing here in the States? Are there going to be exclusive UK titles that are not available in the US? And um, he answers uh, a lot of this pretty um, clearly, I think. And, uh, you know, I guess like for anyone who's worried, one of the questions, like I just said, was that are there going to be U.S. Criterion Blu-rays uh, that won't be joining um, the U.K. lineup or uh, are there going to be like U.K. exclusive Blu-rays? And um, he says as far as like U.K. exclusive Blu-rays, he says maybe. But at this time, uh, the U.K. releases are going to mirror what they're releasing in the U.S., and that based on the sheer size alone, uh, they need the U.S. market in, in as far as like size goes in order to kind of make the cost of production worth it to them for the U.K. So um, unless they come across, you know, some kind of movie where they can only get the U.K. rights to it, it seems very unlikely that they will do anything U.K. exclusive at this point. Mm. Which I know is like a big fear of everyone's because, you know, there are so many people here in the States who unfortunately don't have uh, region free players. And so they don't want to import things. And, you know, I guess having a UK exclusive release would just throw a a wrench into like, you know, how would you spine? How would you add a spine number to something (laughs) like that? Or where where would that fit into the overall, uh, you know, collection? 
Yeah, kind of like Arrow here, you know, they ha- they have some exclusives, but of course they don't have to worry about spine numbers and so forth. Yeah. But with uh, Criterion, it's all Sony, so I, I think pretty much anything that they get, we're going to get anyway. You know, one of the th- uh, do, do you guys have any other um, thing you want to talk about for Criterion UK before we move on to one other topic before we close out? Well, real quick, I noticed that they kind of uh, quietly released the July releases uh, just uh, the other day, oh, and it's you know it's just the beginning of May, and they'd previously said that they were going to release them on the 25th. So I, I think they were just trying to catch up to the um, the the uh, U.S. releases. So I'm I'm guessing that there'll be a little more fanfare um, for the um, for the August releases. Yeah, and um, I think for the most part, if you just follow Amazon UK. You'll find out the Criterion titles well before Criterion actually announces them. I mean, that's how it's been so far for all of the month's releases. Mm-hmm. Where, like, if you just keep checking on what Criterion UK has or what uh, Amazon UK has listed for any Criterion collection titles, you'll see listings, you know, before Criterion ever, you know, finally makes an announcement about it. And, and keep on refreshing. A, oh, yeah. sorry. No, I was just going to say we don't have a a fifteenth of the month with uh, Criterion UK yet. I wonder. If it'll be the the twentieth well, we or we, we have the twenty fifth, yeah. yeah. Oh, it is the twenty fifth. Okay, yeah. That, that was, and they, I was going to say, just refresh uh, Andre Rublev uh, to see if right. he shows up. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, the uh, folks at uh, Artificial Eye. I mean, we. I think we mentioned this on the newsstand last time, but um, the you know the upcoming release of Andre Rublev, which was supposed to happen last month, um, was delayed. And now the Blu-ray is kind of postponed indefinitely for right now, at least, you know, realistically, there is a there's a date on the Amazon UK listing. But um, I have to imagine that that's not a real date. And that's just kind of like a placeholder um, just because I don't I can't imagine that they would move it from April to December. Um, So they did just yesterday put out a new trailer um, for their upcoming theatrical and home video tour of or you know releases of of the uh, Tarkovsky films. And, um, I, you know, I bet that they will do much more in the coming weeks for, you know, announcing, like maybe, uh, firming up some of the, the home video dates. Um, they still, a, a lot of people are kind of, uh, hoping for, or maybe assuming that there will be a box set of all these Tarkovsky films that they're going to release. Um, they haven't made that announcement yet. And, you know, it seems like based on how staggered all of the releases are over the course of several months, um, that if they were going to do a box set, that's going to be, you know, far into the future, maybe not far, but like, you know, maybe later this year, maybe next year. Christmas or something. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I, I seem to remember on the press release that they did say that after all these came came out, there would be a box set uh, by the end of the year. Oh, but cool. Of course, with yeah, Rublev, that might that too. Yeah. That might push it back a little bit. Uh, might push it back a long bit. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Um, yeah, it sounds like these are hitting theaters uh, just later this month, like the twentieth in the UK and Ireland. Mm-hmm. So, if you if you really want to see them on the big screen, uh, book your plane ticket. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, hopefully, someone will get the theatrical rights here in the states for these films and and tour them here. But I don't know That'd if that will great. happen. Yeah, yeah. It it said. I mean, the trailer said worldwide. So I don't know what that you know if it re- truly means worldwide. If maybe they'll be coming later, but we'll see. I think it's easier to to tour a print than it is to get a distribution or a home media distribution. So maybe. All Sweet. right. So uh, do I have anything else that I want to talk about? Is there any, any other news that you guys wanted to talk about before we start wrapping things up? Do you guys have any thought thoughts on uh, Shout Select, the new Shout Factory uh, <laughs> line of films, kind of mimicking in a way the Criterion Collection, you know, with spine numbers and a new like a curated line of, of home video releases. Yeah, I guess the, 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 the thing that came to mind with that is that it's, you know, the, we've got the, they mentioned Buckaroo Banzai, Midnight Run and Jack, Jack Carpenter's Elvis, I believe it was um, in the first two with collector's editions. And it, it seems a bit like, um, you know, you mentioned the, the spine numbers and it, it seems a bit like, you know, releases from shout that are, um, similar to something Criterion would have put out as a dual format, you know, like the brick editions that Crit- Criterion released. Here's your shout select, um, you know, release or, you know, anything that was like a, a digit pack. So it seems like it's going to be, you know, kind of that way instead of, um, you know, maybe just your regular, um, um, you know, the 
MRA case or something like that. I don't know if we've seen uh, pictures yet of what they're going to release. I think just the announcements of the titles, but that's kind of what I'm picturing. Yeah, I, I like Shout's uh, uh, work a lot. I, I think it's interesting that there, you know, there's a, in the UK, uh, Arrow Academy um, has the like the art house label, whereas um, they also released Buckaroo Bonsai, but that was not on the art house label. That was on the regular label. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's the more movies here, the better. Um, Buckaroo Bonsai is great. Uh, I, I love the Arrow release, so hopefully they'll do it justice. But. All right. Before we close tonight, do you guys have any predictions for what is going to be announced for August? We are now like about 10 days mm -hmm. away from uh, the August announcements, uh, apart from maybe Cat People and Black Girl. Do you guys have any <laughs> any predictions that you want to throw out there? Anything left from the wacky New Year's drawing that uh, you're hoping gets a, a an August title or an August spine number? What do you think, Aaron? I'm trying to blank. I know. I, I, uh, I um. I, I just I just saw Chimes at Midnight. I'm like, but no, I, I think that's going to be coming later this year, if if that. Um, you know, I keep thinking it's going to be soon, but I just think that's that's kind of on the on the shelf a little bit because they, uh, Peter Becker did mention with that that they they're still restoring it. So um, it's a beautiful print, beautiful transfer. It looks great, inky, inky blacks, but I just think that's that's coming later. That's the first thing that came to mind. Um, I guess well, thank you for talking. I, I thought of something. <laughs> okay. uh, Blood Simple has oh, been talking yeah. about a lot. I, oh, I think yeah. that could happen. Well, they just, and, you know, um, thing, the uh, real quick on Blood Simple, the San Francisco Film Festival that they just had a talk at recently, like they, they didn't they show the restored version of Blood Simple and like mm -hmm. uh, the Criterion folks were there along with the Coen brothers and uh, talking about that movie. And the Coen brothers have been on their Instagram and I know it's, easy to read the tea leaves with Instagram, but the last time that happened, Inside Lewin Davis came out, so who knows. Um, another one, I think I think they're due for some Bergman, too, and I, there's a lot of Bergman titles out there I'd love to see. So, Is uh, there anything yeah. on, on uh, the Hulu channel, Bergman-wise, that you would like to see come next? Uh, really, I, I think Winter Light or Through a Glass Darkly, anything from that period, I think those, I don't think any of those have come out from that one four-film set, if I'm, I could be mistaken. Uh, Virgin Spring would be a nice upgrade too. We still don't have that one. And I, I just we just talked about Shame, uh, even though that's that was an MGM title. But uh, if they had the rights, that would be that would make my day. Oh yeah. I guess a few titles that have been uh, that are still kind of lingering on the drawing. Maybe Squid and the Whale. Um, let's see what else mm -hmm. do we have here. Taste of Honey. Uh, the story of the Last Chrysanthemums. Um, what else do we have here? Uh, a lot of this stuff has been kind of uh, fulfilled since, yeah. since this yeah. one. I guess McCabe and Mrs. Miller are still uh, up in the oh, air. Oh, yeah, that would be a good one. Um, yeah, that could be coming. Beyond the Valley of the Dolls? Is that the one? Is it Beyond the Valley of the Dolls or Valley of the Dolls that we were that everyone was thinking? We were thinking Beyond, because, uh, but that that was because of the planet in the background, So, uh -huh. and it, which I, I think became Fantastic Planet. So, right. yeah. And that could still be Bubble. We, never, we don't know. Yeah. And uh, Lone Wolf and Cub. Let's see. Right. Um, yeah, very curious. I'm I'm very curious to see what comes in August. August has been uh, an interesting month in the past, and I'll be fascinated to see uh, how this turns out. Yeah, it's been a great year so far, so I, I imagine I'm going to buy them all. <laughs> all right, <Absolutely>. guys. <clears throat> well, guys, thanks so much for joining me to talk about the news tonight. Thanks, everyone, for downloading the episode. I will put links in the show notes to where you can find some of the stuff that we talked about tonight. And we will most likely be back in about two weeks from tonight uh, when we will discuss the August titles. Hopefully they'll be announced on time and we'll, we'll be able to talk to them or talk about <laughs> them uh, or right around when they are announced. <laughs> and the next cool. week we have our uh, next episode of uh, Criterion Cast Chronicles where we're going to talk about the April titles. Uh, how are you guys doing uh, Criterion close-up wise? Is there any any new episode that you want to tease or uh, or promote or any any upcoming you know uh, things online that you're working on? Yeah, we have uh, only angels have wings coming up soon. Uh, we're kind of juggling that a little bit with uh, talking about Jacques Rivette with Scott. Um, so that's probably going to be sometime um, record early next week, and then uh, we also have the Manchurian Candidate coming up after that. So those those should be the next two. 
And and we have some some pretty interesting interviews coming up too. I, I we have a, a musician, we have an, another artist, and we have uh, somebody that works on extras for uh, these films. So, yeah, I, and uh, we also have a director in the the um, I guess in the fall in the, looks like in the pipe. Yeah, yeah. So uh, and and maybe an actor. We'll see. So hopefully some good things coming. Very exciting. Well, everyone, thanks so much. We'll be back next time and have a good night.